uh, we're going to spend a we're going to switch it up a little bit this morning. We've been focusing a lot of our attention uh, from the Gospel of Luke. We're going to John this morning. So John chapter three, if you have your Bible, or we'll have it all up on the screen behind me as well. And so if you have your Bibles, John chapter three, starting at verse 25, that's where we're going to camp out. That's where we're going to camp out this morning. John chapter 3, verse 25 through verse 36. What we've been doing, every year I I try to think of ways to kind of convey, obviously, the same, because a lot of what we're talking about is the same, but I like to try to hit it at a different angle. Because what I'm always trying to do is I'm always trying to get you um, thinking that you know what's going on so you can just start to kind of doze off and just kind of check, you know, are the Packers playing yet or not kind of thing. I, I want to I always hit you with something. And so my prayer for you at this service today, uh, the service tonight, maybe if you go to a Christmas Day service tomorrow, my prayer is that the, 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 the regular story that you think you know so well, my prayer is always that it would hit you and that you just be reminded of the depths of really what's being talked about. And what we've been trying to do this past, this kind of Advent season leading up to Christmas is use John the Baptist and so I've been using texts around this guy, John the Baptist. He's a, he's, a, he's a relative of Jesus. And the point of John the Baptist coming was to prepare the way of the Lord. And so John the Baptist is a really important character in the Bible that's right at the same time of Jesus, but he's, he, the, what John is trying to do is prepare our hearts for kind of who this Jesus really is. And, and I'm going to use him again today uh, as kind of the final Advent service for us. So that's why you're going to hear a little bit more about John the Baptist here this morning, okay? So if, you, if you're here this morning for the first time for a while, that, that might make a little more sense. If you've been with us the past couple of weeks, you know we've been following John the Baptist. So here's verse 25. Now a discussion arose between some of John's disciples, that's John the Baptist's disciples, and a Jew over purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who is with you across the Jordan to whom you bore witness, look, he is baptizing and all are going to him. John answered, a person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. And then John says this of himself, the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. He, Jesus, he must increase but I must decrease. He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. He who comes from heaven is above all. He bears witness to what he has seen and heard, yet no one receives his testimony. 
Whoever does receive his testimony sets his seal to this, that God is true. For he whom God has sent utters the words of God, for he gives the Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see us, shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. Let's pray, and then we're going to unpack this just for a second. Lord, I just pray right now for this time that you'd help us to, to, to not miss um, what you want us to hear this morning. Help us to, to, to hear from you that your spirit would come and move now is so essential, Lord. We need your spirit to open up our hearts, to open up even our ears, to hear your word. Please come and do that work in us that only you can do, Holy Spirit. Help us to respond in faith to your word, trust in your word, even where it might be hard to hear. So come and stir us up now, Lord. We pray this boldly in Jesus' name, amen. My main text, my main kind of verse that I want to focus on is this. He must increase, this is John the Baptist saying this, he must increase, but I must decrease. And where I want to go with that is really into two spots today. I want to, I want to take us down uh, in, in, to look at kind of two main points. The first main point is this, is just asking the question and wrestling with it. Why does Jesus need to increase? Why does Jesus need to increase in our life? And the second is kind of a more missional question, which is how can we take the next couple of days and week and, and, and find opportunities for us to point to Jesus. And I'm going to unpack that now for us, okay? So the first question is, why does Jesus need to increase? I mean, this is what John the Baptist says. He must increase, but I must decrease. As, as I reflected on that this past week, I was thinking, well, here's John. Here's John who recognizes that he's not the Christ. <laughs> I mean, John even says that here. I'm not the Christ. Uh, there might have even been some people who thought that John was the Christ. That's, that's true. They, there were those who thought, maybe are you the one that's the, the Messiah? John says, no, I'm not the Messiah. I've come to prepare the way for the Lord. So John recognizes he's just a guy. He's just a guy. He's a super important guy. He's a prophet. He's a probably incredible preacher. I mean, tons of people came out and were listening to him. Uh, he had a lot of powerful things to say. But, but John didn't necessarily work incredibly powerful miracles or even signs. In fact, just a little bit later in John, in John chapter 10, the people say John didn't come performing signs and wonders. And so as far as we know, John the Baptist wasn't this guy who was like healing people and doing all sorts of crazy miracle kind of things. John recognizes he was a dude. And what was, no, what, what was needed was something to come from outside of our world. That's what we needed. And, and John kind of says that right here. John says, he who comes from above is above all. Um, he bears witness to what he has seen and heard. 
Whoever receives his testimony, this one who's coming from outside in, this is one who has the Holy Spirit without measure. We need help from outside. And John the Baptist recognized that he was from below. He was a dude. He was a guy. More help was needed to come. Power was needed. The inbreaking of the rule and reign of God was needed. And, and John himself, now we got to go to Luke for this, but John himself in Luke chapter 7, verse 22, John asks Jesus, this is a, a, different, a different scenario, a different time, but John asks um, if he, he asks Jesus, hey, are you the Messiah? And Jesus responds with this. Go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. Lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised up. The poor have good news preached to them. Power. There, there was an inbreaking of the rule and the reign of God. The, I, I would almost argue this is one of Matthew's main points that he drives in the gospel of Matthew is the kingdom of God is coming. The rule and reign of God is breaking into our world. And the proof is that dead people are literally being raised up. The proof is that there are people who have leprosy and when this particular person, Jesus, comes into the room, the leprosy can actually be taken away. Blind people who, are, who can't see are given their sight back. The poor and the lowly are, 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 are put at a place of equality with the rest of people and are preached good news to them. There is a king who is coming, a ruling and a reigning that is breaking in from outside, from above. And what John the Baptist is helping us with understand this morning is John is helping us see, I'm just a guy, but I am preparing the way for one who is going to break in and rule and reign. Emmanuel, God with us. God with us. I mean, true help has come. True help is here. Could you imagine? Could you imagine being super sick? Or, or maybe you, you get into an accident. I almost cut my leg once with a chainsaw. Um, I was up in Missouri and I almost cut my leg. I mean, if I had cut my leg and I was in the middle of nowhere, uh, maybe some of you have been in incredible accidents or something, you know, your car's flipped over, you don't know if you got internal bleeding or something like that. Can you imagine just a really bad scenario and somebody comes up and says, it's okay, don't be, don't be scared. I'm a doctor, I have a PhD in world history. I mean, could you imagine? Right? Oh, it's, it's really okay. I got a doctor. I, I'm, I got a PhD in world history. I, I, I got it. 
I mean, your heart would sink, wouldn't it? No, 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 no. I need a real doctor. I need real help. See, our, our situations that we know, this is why time and time again in the Gospels when we see these people who are struggling with like a little girl who's dying or they're, they're, they've got leprosy for decades or, or, or they've been blind for years or, or, or bleeding or whatever. Like they know their problem is so deep. Sin, death, the power of the enemy, it's so deep and so powerful. We know that something simply from below isn't going to cut it. And guys, we've spent now centuries, our, our culture has spent centuries trying to figure out the answer to problems. And we've tried it all. We've tried the charismatic leaders. We've tried the powerful nations. We've tried different governments of different ways of doing it so that maybe this will work, then maybe this will work. We've tried the, the focus on all sorts of different, maybe, maybe this increase in technology can save us. I would say kind of that's maybe where we are even today. Our culture pushing some kind of hope that would be connected to, well, maybe if we just get this far advanced in science or some new technology for your phone and the iPhone zillion comes out and it's got the one magic app that can solve your financial problems or death or I don't know. Maybe that one thing can still come, but we've been doing this now for centuries. And it just time after time after time, person after person after person, government after government, whatever, it just fails, 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 comes up short, comes up short, comes up short because it's from below. John says we need something from above. We need something from above. And this is what Jesus does. Jesus comes, Emmanuel, God with us into the manger so that, just like we sang, David already taken us right to Easter and Good Friday in the songs. Did you hear that? You know, we want to sing just, you know, little baby in a manger, you're so cute. But David's driving us right to, he's going to go to a cross. He's going to die on that cross to save us from our sin. He's going to rise from the dead. Easter's wrapped up in the Christmas story, right? He needs to become more because he is what we really need. He needs to become more because he is what we really need. So that's, that's my main thought today. When John the Baptist points to Jesus and says, he's got to become greater. I've got to become less. It's because John realizes he's what we really need. He's what John really needs. So my last point today is simply this. How can we point to Jesus? There's, um, I've used this picture in my preaching before, uh, but this is called the Eisenheim altarpiece. I'm fascinated with this picture. This was uh, created 
it finished in 1516 um, for St. Anthony Monastery in Eisenheim, France uh, by two German guys. So this is centuries old. This, this is still over there, over in France now. But uh, the, the, this picture, if you zoom in, go, go to the next picture, if, if there's another one zoomed in. There it is. There's John. That's John the Baptist there. And in Latin, what's said there is, he must become greater, I must become less. And this, I mean, there's actually a bunch. Go, zoom back out. Zoom back out on this one. Okay, well, that's not, yeah. There's a bunch about this, this particular um, painting that I find really fascinating. But John the Baptist is interesting here because John the Baptist was not at the crucifixion of Jesus. John the Baptist was actually beheaded before the crucifixion of Jesus. So there's a symbolic piece to this, right? But I love John's pointing. You see John there pointing with his finger? I don't know, he's got a finger kind of like my mom's. It just kind of curls up a little bit. I'm a, you guys got the weird finger? Just point at your neighbor and just see how weird your people really are. Some of you are like aliens. John there, he's got that kind of crooked little finger, but John the Baptist is pointing to Jesus. And in Latin, it says, he must become greater, I must become less. And I've always loved this picture with that. And I guess as I was reflecting on this a little bit, I was thinking, how do we do that this Christmas season? How do we do that this week? And I honestly didn't go beyond really a week out. I mean, sure, take this message hopefully to the rest of your life, but over the next week, what does it look like for you to be like John the Baptist and point to Jesus and say something like, he must become greater, I must become less. He's what we really need. And so I'm going to point to him. What does that look like for you? I kind of thought my audience might be exactly how it's turned out to be this morning. And it's one of the reasons why I've kind of moved this, this message a little bit towards more of a missional thought. Because the reality is, is you and I in this room this morning, we're going to be spending time with people the next couple days. And what fascinates me about this time is a lot of times we spend time with people we're really close to, or at least blood are really close to. <laughs> Maybe we don't really like them. But we got to kind of like them in some, or be, we got to be around them, you know. And I was thinking, man, one of the most important aspects of being a missionary is that we know our, you, you, a missionary has got to learn the culture. A missionary has to learn and understand the people that they're dealing with. And I was thinking, right now, you guys, over the next couple of days, will be with the people you know the best. You know the buttons to push, to get them mad. You know the things to say and not say. You know these people better than you know most other people. What might it look like for you? This is literally for you to reflect on. I'm not going to give you the answer. What might it look like for you in these moments, these next days and week, to point to Jesus, to make him greater and you become less? What could that look like? What does that look like? It can be simple things like um, 
when somebody says, how are you doing? Making some connection to the fact that you recognize and you want it to portray some idea that you are who you are. Your identity is connected to something about someone who is outside, who says of you something. So, notice even the difference in saying something like, I am blessed, and I'm going really soft here at first. I'm blessed. I'm doing well because of what God has done for me. What does it look like in conversations the next days or weeks as, as people ask you about your job or people ask you about it? Tell me how your family's doing. Tell me what's going on. Or people start asking you about the new purchase, the new car that you just got. Or people ask you about this or that. The things that are going on in your life. What does it look like for you to, to take that as an opportunity to shift the focus and point to Jesus? So that he might become greater and we might become less. That we don't turn it into about me and how great I am or what I did or whatever it might be. But maybe I can point to, man, look at what God has done in my life. Or maybe it's my health and I'm, man, you just, you're healthy. Yeah, that's just a gift from the Lord right now. And I'm in that particular season of my life. We're so blessed. What Jesus has done for me what Jesus has done for us. What does it look like at some point as you're, you're, you're this might be easier for those who are hosting, but to, to push pause, to push pause at some point in the family craziness and to say, hey, I'd like us to do the Charlie Brown thing and just read the Christmas story. And to just open up to Luke chapter two and you just start reading a little bit. Or John chapter one and hear the perspective from John what might it look like to just point a little bit outside of yourself, outside of the stuff from below and point to something from above, Jesus? What could that look like? What does it look like as a family to spend some time around God's word and prayer and maybe song so that your kids, so that you, you might be pointing to Jesus for your kids to show them we, we value what Jesus has to say. And we're going to spend some time just pointing to him. And who you're really pointing to in that moment is you're pointing to Jesus and it's your kids who are seeing you point to Jesus. Maybe it's worship. I mean, the very fact you're here this morning, I think is really cool. I think you've pointed to a lot of people potentially in your life how important worship is. Those can be big things, guys. To not miss the little moments that, that we can take opportunity to point to Jesus so that he might become greater and we might become less. Sometimes it's just that pointing for our own hearts. You know, I'm thinking of, I'm, I'm thinking of the situation Here's the, I, for, I couldn't shake this thought this week, where you've, you've always been, you know, some of you need to, in your family settings, actually talk about Jesus and your faith. Some of you need to do that. And you haven't done that for years and years and years, and you always feel like you're supposed to say something, but you never do. 
Some of you need a kick in the pants and you need to do that. Some of you always talk about Jesus and you're starting to get annoying to everybody. And so some of you need to point your own heart to Jesus. And follow my thought here. You'll get it if this is you. Some of you need to point to Jesus to your, in your own heart by saying something like this. I can't save Uncle you know, Larry. I'm, I've told Uncle Larry about Jesus. I've told him my convictions. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray for Uncle Larry this Christmas season. And I'm going to pray for him like crazy. And I might even tell him, hey, I'm just letting you know I'm praying for you. Maybe you say it, maybe you don't. But you're not going to push the button on him this year and tick him off. You're just going to pray because at the end of the day, it's Jesus that's got to do the work in Uncle Larry's heart. And in that simple little pointing, what you've actually done is you've pointed to Jesus, made him greater, you've become less, and you've kind of done that for yourself. Some of you maybe need to do that. That didn't make sense to a lot, but it made sense to the three people that needed to hear it. Um, maybe it's your own heart and pointing to Jesus and saying, he needs to become greater and you wake up and you spend some time in his word. And I'm gonna listen to his word and read it as I open up and just read some of the gospel, one of the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, or I'm going to read the, 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 the book of Philippians, or I'm going to read the book of Ephesians, or the book of Romans. I'm just going to read through it over the next week and point to him. I don't know exactly, but how can we point to Jesus and make him greater this next week? Looking for ways, looking for opportunities to do that. For thousands of years, people have been pointing to the Messiah. They have been pointing to the king who would break in and rule and reign. Matthew points to Jesus. Luke points to Jesus. Mark points to Jesus. John is pointing to Jesus. Paul points to Jesus. Peter points to Jesus. James points to Jesus. Jude points to Jesus. The 500 who witnessed the resurrection of Jesus point to Jesus. The early church is pointing to Jesus. The church that builds on the early church is pointing to Jesus. All the way till the, the point where you and I have had somebody Point us to Jesus, the one who needs to become greater so that, and, and, and us to become less. And now you and I, with the Spirit of God inside of us, are called to do the same. And we just kind of with crooked finger point to Jesus. Because at the end of the day, he needs to become more because he is what we really need. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this word that has reminded me of little ways, even just this past week, where I could point to you. You truly, Jesus, are worthy of becoming greater in our life. Sorry, Lord, for where we have tried to make it about ourselves. We're sorry for where we've 
tried to swoop in and portray that we're so great. Jesus, we join with John the Baptist. We join with the saints that have come before us and point to you again. Please show us little ways that we can do that this next week. Give us the courage. There's somebody being stirred up right now to to them kind of knowing the moment that's already coming and what that could look like. And I pray for courage for that person to walk out what your spirit is, is convicting them of, whatever that might be. Thank you that you came. Thank you that we, you really are what we need and you provided yourself for us. Thank you, Jesus. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.